Welcome back to Rare! With Valentine's Day around the corner, we wanted to give you and a special someone a two-player game to enjoy. This episode will be all about those delightful two-player-only games. So get ready to deepen that bond because it's just the two of you. Well, enough of the details. Let's roll the dice and get this episode started. Today, we're gonna be getting cozy and snuggly with two-player games. Make some cocoa and warm up by the fire. <laughs> Get that special someone who hates games and make them play with you. Well, don't get too comfortable because most of these are competitive, so... Yeah, yeah, they're all pretty competitive, but they're fun. It's, it's a thoughtful competitiveness i think that's what's nice about two-player games is you can really focus on the person you're playing with and really see how they're playing a game i'm like any game that you play a two-player like not obviously not only two-player games but some of those games aren't built for two people and they can work well but these are games that are only built for two people so they work beautifully with two people <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's always fun to just like be able to see that side of your significant other or your friend or somebody that you're just wanting to one-on-one with mm-hmm. see how they like approach strategy or these type of games mm-hmm. Because I'm, like, all about, like, the strategy aspect, and I am utterly awful about it. (laughs) I either think too far ahead or not far enough. (laughs) Well, speaking of strategy games, this one Mm. is super heavy in strategy. It is called Battle Lore 2nd Edition. It is two-player only. It's 45 to 90 minutes. It is designed by Richard Borg and Robert Kuba. K-O-U-B-A. And it is published by Fantasy Flight Games. So what's kind of interesting about uh, Battle Lore is the bo- it does have a board. It is a, a miniature two-player game. Uh... The board is actually in two pieces. So one side of the board is for your your people, and the other side of the board is for your opponent's people. Um, the base game comes with blue guys and red guys. Blue and red. Uh, they have names. I don't. I don't. They're a little bit. They're a little bit odd. Uh. Like it's like. I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah, they're just really out there and they make no sense in context to the game sort of thing. Well, apparently there's actually like a universe with this. And oh. there's a, there's another game called Runebound. So it's, it's, and it's actually, one of those. It actually, yeah, it actually takes place in the same universe, yeah. but like they took 
this and made it like a two-player strategy game out of that same universe that's fun because like games with like their own lores are kind of fun you get into that world a little bit more i'm not i don't know a lot about it i just know that the runebound is part of the same thing um but which is another miniatures game but i think it's a lot bigger than this one but I digress. <laughs> uh, so you got your blue guys and your red guys. The blue guys are like, quote unquote, good guys. And the red guys are, quote unquote, bad guys. Um, it does come with a couple expansions, which adds purple guys. So you could be a purple guy instead, Ooh. which purple is like undead. Oh. Where the blue is kind of like uh, your knights in shining armor and like, Art like Calvary mm-hmm. and you know griffins and and golems and all that cool like almost European theme kind of feel to it. Yeah, yeah. And then the red guys are more like barbarians. Like they're barbaric. They have like poison that they use. They got like demon looking uh, <laughs> monsters on their side. Um, so starting out, there are actually scenario cards. Um, each, each, uh, what would you call them? Faction, I guess. Each yeah, faction, faction has their own set of scenario cards. And so you'll pick one out of your group and your opponent will pick one. And then uh, you'll reveal your scenario cards and that's how you're going to set up your board. So each scenario card is your half of the board. So then you'll lay out like your terrain and um, some like decoy cards about where you're going to put your people. But um, so it's one of those things where you start out with like 50 gold at the beginning of the game and you purchase different Um. um, people to Mm -hmm. put into your army for Mm -hmm. that specific game that you're going to be playing. Mm -hmm. And then um, each one costs like six or four or five and you, and you add those up until you get enough, and then you add those cards into a deck, and then you add decoy cards, and you shuffle those up, and you place them all on the board. Mm-hmm. And when everything's all set up, you flip the cards over and reveal where your miniatures are actually going to go. Mm, so it's and like, so like it's randomized it's a your, little bit, but... Yeah, so it's your way of setting up mm-hmm. without your opponent knowing exactly where what your strategy is starting out, mm-hmm. so they don't have like an advantage while they're trying to create their deck as mm-hmm. well. So I thought that was pretty cool when yeah. we were playing it, that it, it, it keeps it secret until you're ready to start playing the game. Yeah, that is and then, um, nice. Yeah, so each um, one is either considered like melee or ranged or kind of like a special, and then each one has like their own movement set, their own um, attacks. It is dice based on f- as far as the attacks. So when you're going, you're gonna roll some dice. There's like a flag, which is retreat. There's swords, which means like you hit. There's a target, which means that a ranged person hits. Mm-hmm. There's a crown that allows for like a special attack or a special movement depending Mm -hmm. on what um like army you're using if they have a special attack and then there's like a little like magic looking symbol looks like little Mm -hmm. stars and those are that's lore and Mm -hmm. so you can accumulate lore to allow you to play lore cards which can add like bonuses 
to like how you play or Mm -hmm. um, bonuses to a specific army for that round. Um, It could give you a slight advantage at the time that you would need one. Mm -hmm. Um, The boards are also set into three sections. And so how uh, you determine which ones to play is you also have like command cards. Mm -hmm. So a command card will say like, um, play one army from each section or play two armies from this section and one army from this section or play three armies all from this section. So that's kind of part of the strategy too, is like Mm -hmm. knowing which command card to play and like what armies it would be best to move Mm -hmm. at the right time. So it's, it's very, very heavy strategy, but it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. Um, There is an app for it. It does play Mostly similar, but a little bit differently than the board game. I would say if you can get your hands on the board game, go for it. It's a lot of fun. Um, There is a lot of setup and a lot of teardown. The rules can seem a little overwhelming, but once you get, like, the gist of, like, movement and how the terrain, like, hinders or helps you, um, just getting used to the different pieces, it's a lot of fun. I... I thoroughly enjoy it. I also really like strategy games. So, yeah, that is Battle Lore. Oh, fun. Second edition. Gotta remember it. Second edition. Second edition. <laughs> First edition is not the same. I, I don't even know. <laughs> I just still get second edition. Um. Well, kind of keeping in the theme of strategy and strategic i'm gonna talk about hounded so hounded is a cute little game it comes in a little tin and terrible at size it's like a little square and inside of it is a bunch of tiles and then you have the figures for the hunter and his dogs and the fox And the goal of the game is that one player is the hunter and the master of the hounds and controls all the dogs, and the other player is the fox. So the goal of the game is that the hunting party wants to capture the fox, whether they want to end the fox within one turn, like with one one tile of the hunter, Or if the hunting party can, like, trap the fox and have the fox unable to move. And then the fox wins by finding all the time. Like, if the... Because there's a tile that has, like, a sun, um, kind of like a setting sun and, like, a moon. So that's, like, the cycle of the day. So if the fox can find those tiles, it's gotten to the end of the day and basically gets away for another day. Or the fox can win by um, having all but six of the tiles flipped over. So the tiles get put out into a grid pattern. I don't know. Let's see, how big is the grid? So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven by seven. (laughs) There you go. So seven by seven grid that you make with all the tiles. Um, the fox always starts off on one side of the board and then the master of hounds and the dogs start off on the other side of the board. 
Um, so each piece gets to move individually. So um, the fox obviously moves himself and he can move three spaces in any direction. And then whatever tile the fox lands on gets revealed. So that's like the, the fox's special things that he reveals the tiles. And then where it gets tricky is that the hunting party, um, you have the master of hounds, you have the foxhound, and you have the bulldog and the terrier. And each one has a different type of movement and a different special ability. So Dang. it's, yeah, it's always good to have like the, the rule book on hand to remember what all the pieces, like how they move, because especially for the hunting party, it can be a little bit confusing on like, you know, what does this piece do again sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But so the master of hounds can move one space in any direction. Um, the foxhound moves two spaces in any direction um, or one space diagonally. And the foxhound's special is it can move through other hunting party pieces. So most of the time you can't do that. <laughs> hmm. So like it's a little bit tricky on the board that it's a little bit chess-like where you're trying to like move your pieces. You can only move three of them. You're trying to trap the fox, crowding the fox into a corner. Um, so there are different tiles. Some of the tiles are absolutely nothing. Some of the tiles will help the fox. Some of the tiles will hurt the fox. And like the special ability of the terrier, um, the terrier can reveal the tile it lands on, but the terrier can decide not to actually reveal the tile it lands on. So if it's something that like if, if, the terrier had revealed a trap, it wouldn't want to reveal that because it wants the fox to find that tile. So you kind of want to be selective about what tiles you are revealing and uh, kind of what's going on with it. But then the terrier will want to reveal the tiles that might help the fox. Like there is a, uh, like a brook tile that helps the fox, but if the terrier reveals it, nothing happens. Um, so it's, it is a incredibly cute game. It's very addictive. I talked all about it and forgot to give you the actual details about the game. Cause I was so excited to talk about it. <laughs> um, but it is a two player game. Um, it runs 15 to 25 minutes. So pretty short. Um, the design is by Clint Bohati. I think it seems like that B O. H-A-T-Y, um, and it's published by Atlas Games, but it's cute, um, comes in a little tin, relatively easy to carry around. It doesn't, it's a seven by seven, like, tile that you're making, but it's still not very big, so you couldn't, you couldn't necessarily play it, like, on the road, but if you, like, go to a restaurant or you're waiting somewhere, this is a game that you can kind of pull out as long as you have a little bit of um, flat space to play on. It's a good game. Right. So, but 
yeah, it's it's one of the games that I think it's the first two player specific game that I bought because I liked it so much. I like the theme of it. The um the figures are really distinctive. They kind of got a um they're all the features are made with triangles. I don't know what the style of it is called. <laughs> But it's like, po- like isn't it like poly or something like that? Something, something like that. I don't, I don't know art styles, but it's it's a very distinctive art style, and I really liked it. And the tiles are the pretty um, heavy duty kind of cardboard, so they're not going to bend very easily. All around, a really good kind of. If you're into like those chess-like kind of games, it's it's a really good game for that. Um, but that's Hounded. Yeah, sound, <laughs> it looks cute. Looking it up, it looks cute. Yeah, it is. It's it is really cute. <laughs> um, well, going on to another tile-like game mm-hmm. that's also cute is Patchwork. Patchwork. I know we've talked about Patchwork Doodle before, and we've probably mentioned Patchwork, but we didn't actually talk about it, so here we are. Patchwork is two players. Uh, It's 15 to 30 minutes, so it's a little bit of a shorter game. The designer is Uwe Rosenberg, or Rosenberg. Um, First name is U-W-E, if you want to look it up. And the publisher is Lookout Games. Look out. They got games. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> what is patchwork, you may ask yourself? Well, patchwork is a game where you're trying to make a quilt. And um, so the pieces are like Tetris pieces. And you get a square that's uh, nine by nine. And what you're trying to do is just fill up your square as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the game, if you have any empty spaces, you will get negative points. So you do not, you want the least amount of negative points. And you also want the most buttons. Because the way that you pay for pieces is with buttons. buttons. So um, when you're playing the game um, on your turn, you'll have a selection of three pieces. And you always start out with five buttons. Um, if you can buy something, you can buy any of the three. And you kind of make like a circle of pieces. And there's like a token that shows you like where you're supposed to be at. So if you're if you want to skip like the first or second one, you just move that piece past those pieces. And then you take the piece that you want. So the next person knows where they're starting at. Um, if you don't have enough buttons to buy any of the pieces you'll have to pass on your turn and you always move forward on the track um whether by by buttons or if you have to pass you always have to move your Mm -hmm. piece past your opponent's piece so um they can go Mm -hmm. um so you just place it on the board uh there is a bonus for making a seven by a complete seven by seven square on this nine by nine board (laughs) Um, that some pieces have buttons on them, and then there are buttons, they're on the round track kind of board, um, there's little button tokens, and every time you pass a button on the score timer track board, you get that many buttons 
equal to the number of buttons you have on your pieces. So if you pass a button token and you have five buttons on your board, you'll get five buttons. Um, uh, the game ends when somebody reaches the middle of the timer board and then however many buttons you have and then you add that up and then you subtract the points for your empty spaces and then whoever has the most points at the end of the game wins the game. It's pretty simple. It's super fun. It I think yeah. it's super addictive. I love this game. This is one of my go-to games, especially because it does have an app. It does play exactly the same. It's a little bit nicer because you don't have to personally keep track of all of your buttons. Because sometimes yeah. those can accumulate rather quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so I find myself, if I have nothing to do and I just feel like maybe playing a game by myself, I will pull up. Um, patchwork and play it by myself but I do have some friends that also have it and they like to play it and we like to play it together so I highly highly recommend this game mm -hmm. it's not it, it, it's more of a light-hearted co-op or like competitive game mm -hmm. like you're not killing each other over yeah. it and there is some strategy to it because mm -hmm. of how you place your pieces but it, I feel like it's a lot lighter mm -hmm. especially compared to battle lore where you're literally battling each other <laughs> so th like the the worst thing that happens is like maybe there's a piece that somebody really really wants and you end up taking mm -hmm. it and they can't take it mm -hmm. anymore but yeah you know that's just how how it is yeah like but when I, when i was playing with jason i kept taking all the leather spaces because like when you go around the like timer tracker board you can pick up mm -hmm. um one square leather pieces and they're like the only way you can fill in like a single square and i managed mm -hmm. to get every single one of them and i did not need nor want them and i got yeah, every single one and jason wanted them so desperately and i kept like i didn't even want them like i just kept getting them and i felt so yeah. bad yeah, the the one by one patches are kind of um, on the board, like the um, button pieces are, and so like it's kind of a timing thing. Like if you just happen to be the first person mm -hmm. to go over that piece, you automatically get it. Like no matter what, like that's part of the rules. You you just get the piece. Yeah. So if you just happen <laughs> to always go over it, you're getting these single pieces that you don't really need. So I've had that happen before too, where I'm like, ah, I don't even need this piece. Yeah. And you have to find a hole for yeah, it. Yeah, you have to play it. You can't hold on to it. So like and it was it was really funny. We were actually playing this the other day. I was showing it to my in laws and um I played it with my mother in law and then Jason played it with his dad and um, they both picked it up really well, but what I hadn't realized is that um, my father-in-law, when he was playing it, he didn't realize you could actually, like, flip the pieces. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't realize you could, like, yeah. mirror them because they are double-sided, so you can yeah. flip them or turn them or whatever. So, And he, he actually beat Jason, but he was, like, playing it on a slightly harder mode which was really <laughs> funny <laughs> making it harder than it needed to be yeah. but still one yeah that's how it's and done yeah they had a they they both really had a good time with it um so if it and it's a game that i've heard that like 
a lot of people who are introducing games to like their parents this is one that is generally picked up and well liked generally more by the women because it is patchwork it's a quilting kind of themed but it's in it's very enjoyable by anybody i think there you go delightful it's it's parent and in-law approved (laughs) if they can learn it anybody can pick yours up today yeah that's patchwork click click (laughs) wink wink clink clink um well kind of going in a little bit more of a chess style again i'm gonna talk about onitama i'm going to talk about it in the right order this time (laughs) it is uh, a two-player game uh runs 15 to 20 minutes so uh i think a lot of the two-player games tend to run shorter too a lot of the time yeah i feel like battle lore runs a little bit longer just because part of that might be set up because there is a quite a bit of setup to it, and it is a strategy game, yeah, so I always wonder those tend to run longer. Yeah, but yeah, I typically two-player games run games, a little bit shorter. Like when games say you know a time frame, do do you think they do include setup time? Like, <sighs> Probably not. Slightly off topic, but like because I never thought that they did. You know what would be a nice addition to a game box if they could add like a setup time. Am I crazy? Yeah. Is that is that, is I that feel too like, much to ask? <laughs> I feel like I've actually read it in some some rulebooks, not a majority of them, but there have been a couple of times where like they're like like set aside like this much time for setup. Mm-hmm. Like I've actually read it somewhere. Yeah. But it's not super common. Yeah. But it, it is the more involved games like yo yeah <laughs> like zombicide that we've mentioned before in mansions of madness like mm-hmm. those have a considerable amount of setup time before mm-hmm. you even start the game yeah. so i i think the times that they give are actual like playing like times roughly yeah but typically with like strategy games like battle lore where it's an army versus an army and it Typically, it's either, like, the first person to so many victory points or the first person to wipe out the other person. That's going to take time. So that's why that game's a lot longer. Yeah. But these, yeah. <laughs> most two-player games are a little bit more lighthearted. Light, yeah. You know, a little bit shorter, shorter in time. Yeah. So. Back to Onitama. <laughs> Onitama! Uh, <laughs> uh, it is designed by Shimpei Sato? I think is how it's pronounced. And it's published by Arcane Wonder. Um, don't let the name fool you. Um, it is um, very simple and it is incredibly delightful. The box it comes in is kind of like tall and I don't really want to say skinny, but it's like a tall, long, rectangular kind of box. It, it's not your ordinary game box. No, that's yeah. Sure. Um, and it comes with a uh, a game mat, which I find really, really nice. Um, it's a good quality game mat. Um, and then it comes with the pawns. You got your blue ones and you got your red ones. 
And what it is, is there's, um, each player has a, um, like a big pawn, um, and then, uh, Your each sensei. One, yeah, and then each one has the, the, the four smaller ones, um, for each side, um, and then, um, the point of the game is to either, I think, capture the the big pawn, the teacher, or it is to have one of your pieces go to the other side of the map and take the, I think they're called temples, and that's where the master pawn starts. Yeah, so I think it's if you can capture the sensei or if your sensei can get into the other sensei's spot. Yeah. What is nice about the game, and I like it way more than, like, chess, is that you actually get um, move cards. Um, The game does come with 15. I think there's expansions for more move cards. Um, You shuffle them all together. Each player gets two and then there's one that's kind of put in the middle and the game will um kind of dictate on which side it starts on because that is kind of important because that decides who goes first and it i think depends on like the color of the card so and what it is so each player starts off with their two move cards and the card will tell you um the name of a move and I think they're martial arts moves, which is pretty cool. So you've got like the crane and the tiger and that sort of thing. Um, and then it'll tell you how the pieces can move. And you can, I think, generally move any of your pieces. Um, mm-hmm. You can't move it if it's like impossible for it to move. But that doesn't happen like super often. So you decide which card you're going to use you only pick one you do your movement and then you put that card over to your left side and you take the other card the basically the spare card and you take that and add that so you always have two cards but then your opponent will get to use your move card when they do their move and it just kind of goes in that circle where the same five move cards all get used so each game is going to be different because each game you're probably going to wind up with different move cards and so it's it's a nice refreshing the board the game mat is not very big either it's um i'm awful at sizes i think it's a five by five kind of square and it's it's not very big and it's not very hard. Anybody can pick it up because the cards tell you how you're moving. So it is generally pretty easy for anybody to pick up. I like it way more than chess. I would consider it a style very similar, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For it's, me, whenever I play it, there always seems to be like one card that's a little bit like of a trump card compared mm-hmm. to the other cards. Yeah. So that card tends to get hoarded by one person <laughs> until they absolutely have to use it. Yeah. Cuz they don't, don't wanna... want your you, you don't <laughs> want your opponent to have this really good card. So you just don't use it. <laughs> yeah, until you like absolutely need it. Yeah. But it's it, it's it, it's very 
it's just so light and it's fun and you can play several games in a row and i just i i really i really like it jason really likes it there is an app for it and um Mm -hmm. you can play like on the same device which is fun so um but yeah that's that's onitama i just and i just want to say i i love the like the mat the mat seriously all games should come with mats (laughs) i love games that have mats it's great (laughs) and what's nice about the the pieces is they're they're very stylized Mm -hmm. but they're good like quality Mm -hmm. but what mike did was he repainted them to make them look like they're made out of like copper and like gold to make them a little bit more fancy so they you could totally like repaint them Mm -hmm. or even like cast them and like make customized pieces Mm -hmm. with like resin or something they're just they're really nice solid pieces that you could like just make your own instead of having that generic Mm -hmm. red and blue yeah which is cool but yeah it's it's such it's it's a beautiful game (laughs) Mm mm-hmm it's very very simple but very elegant. Mm-hmm. Very Asian themed thematic sort of thing. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm gonna go Norse with my next couple games. Mm. Uh, well, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one game. It it was originally done with like a Greece theme, and then they redid it with Norse theme. But it's essentially the same game. So uh, the original game was called Hera and Zeus, and then it later got redone. And it was called Thunder and Lightning. They're both two player games. For some reason, they run different times so hair and zeus was 30 minutes and thunder and lightning is 40 minutes hmm. i've played both and they play similar enough i don't know why there's like a 10 minute difference but <laughs> there is um but it was actually designed by richard borg who designed battle lore um he designed both of them but one hera and zeus was published by cosmos and thunder and lightning was uh, published by um, Z-Man Games. Um, I feel like the Hera and Zeus is going to be a little bit harder to find because it's older. Uh, Cosmos is kind of harder to get your hands on. So Thunder and Lightning Z-Man game one should be a little bit easier to find. So basically what it is is the Clash of the Gods. Mm-hmm. So I'm mostly going to talk about Thunder and Lightning, but uh, the Hera and Zeus one is, like, the same game, but, like, the theme is just, you know, Greece theme, Greece god mythology theme instead of Norse mm-hmm. mythology. Because Thunder and Lightning is Thor and Loki mm-hmm. instead of Hera and Zeus. Hmm. So, um, what you do in the game is uh, you each have a deck of cards, which each one is unique to the character, so they're not the same, but they do have some cards that are like generic cards that are in both um like odin's ravens like each each deck is going to have some odin's ravens which is a number one card and it has its own ability what those cards do is kind of lets you like kind of like 
search the other person's, like, hand and deck to see, like, what they have. Because what you're doing is you're going to end up making, like, a three-by-four grid of cards. Mm -hmm. And um, the cards are made up of, like, shield maidens, Odin's ravens. Mm -hmm. Um, There's different Norse gods that are in there that have certain abilities, like Freya and... um, Frigg and Hell and a bunch of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Tyr, I think, is another one. Um, and basically what you're doing is you're making these rows of cards, and if you decide to challenge the person's card, like, so you have one, two, three, and then from left to right, and they have one, two, three, left to right. So really, your one is going to be fighting their three but you can challenge them, and then you flip the cards over, and whoever's card is the highest wins, and the other card gets, you know, taken out. Okay. Essentially, what you're you're doing is um, um, there's, like, a crown and a ring. I One of them has one, and the other one has the other. And what you're trying to do is be the first person to find that special card in that other person's, like, columns. And so if you do that, you win the game. So what you're doing is you're trying to, like, fight defenses and hide where your cards are Mm -hmm. so the other person Mm -hmm. doesn't know. But it's also a matter of getting that card out of the deck. So, like, you're trying to get your opponent to go through their deck and get that into their hand or out mm-hmm. on the playing field mm-hmm. so you can find it and win the game. So it's it's a little bit interesting. It's fun seeing how like the, the cards are. The artwork's very beautiful. There's also like tokens that are there that allow you to like do certain things um, when you have that card out that calls for the token. Mm-hmm. But like the, the battling and the strategy of like keeping stuff secret and like lining up your cards just the right way because like there's like shield cards that like they can they can take damage they don't instantly go away but they like they stay there until they are actually Mm -hmm. removed for some reason and like i don't know it's it's different it's not a game style that i've seen very often Mm -hmm. besides these two Hmm. and it's a fun like one-on-one game like just trying to situate your cards organize Mm -hmm. your cards searching the other person's deck trying to like find what you're looking for Mm -hmm. and attacking there's just so many elements to it that i enjoy and like i said it's pretty (laughs) that's always a bonus (laughs) yeah so yeah that's thunder and lightning or if you would prefer to try to find like the Greece themed one, Hera and Zeus. Hmm. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Hey, well, I'm gonna get old school, like super, super, super old school because it is a new love of mine. Ricky made me my very own set of uh, Hanafuda. Um, so it is a two-player game, and it can, the time of it can range, because what I'm going to be talking about is the, like, the Koi Koi version of the game. Um, you do need a Hanafuda deck to play it, 
I don't think that what's what is fun about them is the cards are supposed to be like pretty tiny. They're like little itty bitty cards. So it's like a little bit of a novelty, but if you can like get the hang of the game, it is an absolute blast. But it is a Japanese game. I learned it on the Switch from the 51 games. It's called 51 games, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's like 51 classic worldwide games yeah. or some it's it's actually really long but we typically just call it 51, <laughs> 51 games. games yeah <laughs> uh, but uh kind of on topic off topic a little bit uh if you have a switch i recommend that 51 games because it has like a lot of like classic classic games like your mancala and your backgammon but then it'll also teach you to play like the legitimate mahjong um It'll teach you to play Hanafuda, the Koi Koi. It, pig's Tail. Pig's Tail. Like, it's got all these dumb little games that, you know, when the game teaches them to you, you can pull out your own deck of cards and play half of them. And, but anyways, back to Hanafuda. <laughs> but Mini I learned, tangent. I learned it from, from the Switch. So, like, I'm like going to talk it through the best I can. I generally need like um kind of the rules in front of me, not really the rules, but like what the sets make. So there are um the months of the year, 12 months from January to December. Ricky, you 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 made it. Is it four cards per or is it five? Or is it three? It's four. Is it four? Okay. It's four. So there, there's 48 cards all together. Yeah. Um, and so, like, generally they're kind of flower-themed because I think Hanafuda means, like, flower cards or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they are, yep. like, always, always gorgeous. Um, Ricky made me, like, a Harry Potter-specific set one. So it's obviously going to be a little bit different. Um the general basis of the cards is you got some cards that don't have a lot of like art to them. Those are generally going to be like your chaff cards. Um, if you get 10 of them, you get one point. If you have, there's like red and blue poetry slips. Um, there's some that have, uh, words on them, right? And they're like worth a little bit more. If you get five of those, you get a lot of points. See, I don't have the like rules straight up in front uh, of me. So I think if you just get like any set, uh, set any five of poetry slips, it's worth like five points, and then plus one for every additional one. But if you get like the three red slips or the three poetry slips, it's worth. Well, no, I think the five generic ones are just worth one point, and then I think the red or blue poetry strips are five points plus one per additional slip you have yes it, the 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 scoring is a little complicated mm-hmm. until you get used to it because it, it isn't like many card games mm-hmm. that we have here no. it is like a japanese <laughs> based japanese based game um but yeah your your goal of the game is to um get as many you want to get the point so the first player that makes like a set that gets like the combo that's when 
the round ends or the player can decide to koi koi and basically keep going until uh, both players are unable to play. Um, so they're kind of taking a gamble by doing that. Um, so each player gets a hand of eight. eight cards. And then there are six cards put out onto the table, kind of just face up out onto the table. Um, what you're doing is you're looking for matching months on the cards. They generally have similar styles. So like if you have a March card in your hand, you can use that to pick up a March card that is on the table. Um, and when you do that, they get played off to the side and those are how you're making your sets. And when you've done that, if you are unable to match a card, you play a card from your hand out onto the table. So you either hope that you can then get that card back or if you don't really care about it, your opponent can take that card then on their turn. And then when your turn is done, you take a card from the deck and you lay it out onto the table. If that month matches any of the months that are out, you get to make a match. So there is a possibility of you making two matches in one turn. But it, it happens. It's kind of rare because there are, you know... 12 months in a year and four cards for each month. <laughs> I don't know. When I play the Switch version, it always it seems to happen more often than not. But it when does. we played like the physical version, yeah. it seemed to never happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then um basically the round officially ends either when one player makes a set, which can be um 10, 10 chaff, which is just kind of the plain cards, or if you get, I think it's six seeds, five, five seeds maybe. Mm -hmm. um, that's a set. Um, there's the boar deer butterfly set, um, which I always like to go for because those are like the only cards that I ever like remember make a set because <laughs> generally <laughs> they have like a boar, a deer, and a butterfly on the cards. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, but that is yeah, one of the harder sets, but... <laughs> yeah, because, like, the Japanese set is flowers and animals. Like, mm -hmm. that's all that's on there. If you do end up playing the Switch version, they have a Mario set. So mm -hmm. you'll have, like, plants and like mario characters mm -hmm. which to me i found easier to yeah, remember like I did what too. goes with what yeah so it's it's really more so about memorizing like mm -hmm. what cards actually go together yeah that is like the hardest part of the game um but there's like a bunch of different kinds of sets you can get and generally like i know like on the switch version you can decide how many rounds you want to go and then whoever has the most points at the end of those rounds wins the game so like a shorter game would be like three rounds um a longer game would be like six rounds sort of thing so you can kind of determine how long you want to play so it can be a i would say even like a three round game can run you up to like half an hour roughly yeah it's 
it's, depending on how quickly the the rounds go. Yeah, it could yeah still be pretty long. But so like Hanafuda, Koi Koi, I recommend checking it out, getting to know some like other cultures games. Um, highly recommend checking out the Switch 51 games. Um, that's out if you have a Switch and you are able to get it. Highly recommend it. Um, the downside to the Switch is that if there are two-player games and the games have like hidden hands, so like Hanafuda, um, each player has like a hidden hand, um, you can't play it together on the same Switch. So you would need somebody else who has um, a Switch. I mean, you can play against the computer too, but if you wanted to play it on your Switch, you have to have a separate Switch and game to play. Yeah. But um, still recommend checking that out, trying to get a deck of Hanafuda and like the cards are like crazy tiny. I don't have like... Because Ricky made me a set. She made them oversized, so they're like a couple inches bigger than a regular yeah. uh, Hanafuda so deck. <laughs> the the card size that I went with like was is called tarot size because tarot cards tend to be like bigger, mm-hmm. so they're called tarot size. But like the other ones are probably like an inch and a half by two inches yeah. or something. Tiny, but they are gorgeous gorgeous cards you could probably find 50 million videos showing you how to play or showing you um you know what sets (laughs) when i was when i was making the set besides like looking up harry potter references like really if you just google like hanafuda how to play there's probably 20 different pdfs you can find on how to play the game yeah so get you know, get cultured. Yeah, broaden your cultural game horizons. <laughs> but it is very specifically a two-player game. If I did not mention that, so that's Hanafuda. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go Norse again because why not? Why not? <laughs> uh, so my next game is called Odin's Ravens. Ooh. It is second edition, two players, fifteen to thirty minutes. It is designed by Thorsten Gimler, and it is published by Osprey or Osprey Games. O S P R E Y. Osprey. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not a very common publisher from the games that we typically play, no, yeah. but this is still a fun game. It is different than most other games. It is a racing game. Racing game. But not. In the boring kind of way. <laughs> there's a boring so, like, race? Well, like, there's racing games where they try to be, like, an actual racing game, but, like, on the board, oh. like, on a board, and it just doesn't necessarily work well. Yeah. But this one's interesting. So, this one, um, you're actually racing Odin's Raven. So, there's a white one and a black one. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to be in control of one of them. And then um, there's a bunch of cards where um, they're, they almost look like dominoes, where they've, they're split in half, mm-hmm. and there's, like, something on each side. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. And 
those are like um, landscapes and you lay out 16 of them and then you have your own deck of cards which um, you're either going to draw like landscape cards or, or there's Loki cards that you can draw and they can like switch up and change the card positioning and like how you move your raven because it's like Loki is mischievous and tricky. <laughs> so um, on your turn, uh, I think you can have, I think you start off with five and you can, the most you can have in your hand is seven, but you can play as many cards on your turn as you can. Um, as long as you can keep playing cards, you can keep playing cards, but then you can only draw like three at the end of your turn. So you mm-hmm. have to decide if you want to draw landscape cards or if you want to draw some Loki cards. Um, so what you're doing is you're going to start off on one side of the cards and your opponent's going to start on the other side of the cards. You go, you're trying to race all the way down to the end of the 16 cards, loop around, and come all the way back. Oh. And so the first person to make it down, around, and back wins the game. But what's tricky is, and it, and it can happen, and it's even in the rules because it can happen, <laughs> is um, because... If somebody, like, say the first player makes it back first, the second player can still have another turn. And if they can make it to the end in that same turn, technically you're supposed to run the game again until somebody actually makes it back first and wins. So I think that's why it kind of can double its time as Mm -hmm. far as, like, how long it's played. Because it can happen, and it has happened. (laughs) It's glad that that they like accounted for that. That's nice. Yeah. So basically, like in your hand when you're playing a landscape card, if like that terrain is in front of your raven, you lay down that card and you move your raven to that part. If there's actually like two or three or four, if you're lucky, like terrains that match in front of your raven, all you need is one card to move across all of those because they're all the same terrain. Mm. So you can actually. That's where, like, the Loki cards come in, because you can, like, manipulate the cards to give you, like, to flip cards or to push cards or just completely, like, move cards around mm. to give you that nice long jump, yeah. basically, okay, of cards. So it's it's fun, it's unique, it's a racing game, but not in really the sense that you would typically think of mm-hmm. a racing game, but it, it's short, it's cute. But the cards are actually, like, really pretty at the same time. Like, it's a whole package. So, why not? And it's Norse. You can never go wrong with Norse no, mythology theme. So, it's just a nice little fun game. The The 16 cards can take up a bit of space as far as, like, length. But as far as, like, width, like, it doesn't take up that much space. It's, like, the cards are probably, like... I don't know, maybe three inches long. Mm-hmm. So, like, got a really thin but long playing area. But it's it's fun. I like pulling that game out every now and again and trying to get lucky with my draw yeah, cards. That seems fun. <laughs> so yeah, Odin's Ravens. I I I recommend trying out a two player game, getting. To know somebody special in your life, whether it is a, you know, significant other or you want to 
grow closer with some parents or siblings or friends or anything like that, try out a two-player game. Let you grow a little bit closer. Just have a light some candles, <laughs> make some nice hot cocoa, <laughs> and be like friend or darling whoever you're feeling like playing with just be like guess what we're doing tonight and slam down a two player game be like we're gonna fight each other to the death with this game no just kidding or you could even use it like whoever wins has to make dinner or something i don't know yeah oh yeah that would be whoever loses has to make dinner yeah there you go or whoever wins gets to decide what is for dinner yeah (laughs) If you don't know what to do for Valentine's Day, play a two-player game, and the other person has to decide. Yeah. <laughs> or whoever, whoever loses has to yeah, decide. Yeah. It's not not necessarily on you. Yeah. I'm gonna kind of flip the script a little bit and say instead of us telling you something we learned, is that you should learn something from somebody special to you this this valentine's weekend whether it is a friend or family member just have a have a nice conversation over a game and just use that closeness of the game to just really sit down and learn something you didn't know beforehand and then let us know and then let us know you can always hit us up on our social medias we are on facebook at uncontrollably fine or on twitter at uncontrol fine and new to the party is instagram uh, you should be able to find us uh uncontrol fine uh if not there should be a link on our facebook and our twitter but we're starting to slowly get some pictures out there so if you're into instagram check us out on there and we hope that we can bring you together with someone special this valentine's season yes so get yourself some chocolate and candies and if you're into flowers flowers and just grow closer with somebody doll so cute bye bye